Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One hospice nurse. One doomsday prepper. One fortnightly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Rob Dorman. There's your geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. You turned into some gentle ASMR there for the last uh, last sentence. Just trying to, you know, be nice and pleasant. I think that's that that's key. It's it's good at the in this uh in the parlance of our times to be kind and gentle to one another. Tumult the tumultuous times we live in. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm I don't know about you. I'm tired of leave, living in interesting times. No, I no thank you. Please yeah. bring back boring. Please do. I like boring times where I'm like, oh so, we can, so we can all be angsty nineties people again. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean well, to be fair. Really, all times have been a little too interesting, but ours, I think, have been a little, a little too, too, too interesting. We're all uh, we're we're coming at you from our doomsday bunkers. Mine is exactly this. I hasn't. Yeah, I, I'm in the same room that I've been in <laughs> yeah, for for months. It's fine. Not, not changed anything. Uh, yeah, it's perfectly fine. Normal. Normal. Hundred percent. Our Nerd Bubble Club uh, this week is the Hearts of Marvel, Eleanor Davis. We'll be talking about that later on. Uh, which is appropriate, given the... It, it gets more appropriate. I was like, this is an appropriate book to read, and then it got more appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> like, news, the news made it even more apropos. Uh, but before we get there, we have comic books that came out the past couple weeks to talk about. It is time for our first segment. It's time for Hobbies for Nightly. Bobby Snorrightly is the part show. Eric and I will review selection of this past couple weeks' books. Tell you to buy or do not buy them. It has a motion meter. goes from 1 to 5. Our first book of the week is X-Men, number 8, written by Jonathan Hickman. Art by Mahmoud Asrar. Colors, Sonny Go. Letters, Clayton Cowles. He couldn't resist, Eric. What are we not resisting? The the cosmos. The, the Marvel space. Hickman I mean, could not stay away. I mean, it, you're a fool for thinking that that was going to happen. For him staying away for any length of time? You know, the the, the Shi'ar and the fucking... Uh, the fuck, I can't even think of these goddamn idiots. Kree? They're, they're, they're like, they're not distinct enough in my mind. The Kree? Shi'ar? Brood? The Kree, the Shi'ar and the Kree. They, I think they just, they just, they just look like blue and gray people. I didn't... The Cree are gray. The Cree are, honestly are kind of just kind of like gray, and they like yeah. ju- they like like logic and justice. The she are like birds, bird people. They're like they like have empty bones. I think 
So think, what the fuck is like this? The, the gladiator people. I am so inexperienced in all this Marvel space stuff. It always blinds me. I'll break it. I'll break it down for you, Eric. We'll read mm-hmm. Annihilation and one day, and you'll get catch you up to speed on all this shit. That sounds that sounds lovely. It's a lot though. Um, I hope we live to that day. The Cree, the Cree, uh, and the Skrulls, they hate each other. Okay, mm-hmm. we're gonna, we got these are the basic alien Marvel races. Crees and Skrulls, probably two most important in general. Yes. Uh, scrolls shapeshifters. Yes. Cree. Uh, 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 yes. With the, the, the scrolls are well understood. Okay. Cree and them hate each other. Cree are mm-hmm. more like they they worship their supreme intelligence, who knows this is like their grand data bank grand data bank of knowledge that is like they learn through the centuries. Like everything they've ever learned is kind of genetically given to them. This is what I think. This has changed mm-hmm. from time to time. Um, mm-hmm. But the Cree, you know, they have like they're they, they love justice and they love their uh, their history and their people and all that. The Shi'ar are like bird people, uh, and the princess and Xavier once dated and they have a kid uh, who is, I think, in a power struggle for the leadership of the Shi'ar right now. Um, Guardian, not Guardian, Gladiator. Guardian is mm-hmm. Alpha Flight. Gladiator and his whole crew are all basically the royal guard of the Shi'ar. The Shi'ar and they mm-hmm. are not Shi'ar themselves. They okay. are they are various other races recruited to guard the Shi'ar princess royalty and or be like knights errant where they go out and are missions for the for the, the for the for the for their for the race for the for the kingdom so mm-hmm. so to speak. Um the brood are just you know, xenomorphs. They're not. That's they're, they're not. They, they're not they complicated. look distinct enough to me. Yeah, the brood are just. I think a big part of it is I have not seen. There's, there's no proper I, Shi'ar in this book. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like mostly I haven't seen a lot of them. I think we did see those. There were some Shi'ar. Weren't there Shi'ar god characters in something or another that we read? I think. There were. There were. Yeah, that's been a while, and I don't remember what book it was, but I remember their yeah There's, designs kind of fitting the description that you're saying of those but people. They were there. There was a lot of this, and again, this is a lot of this is again remix, remaster of old X Men stories. Like this is mm-hmm. bringing back around to Claire. Claremont introduced all this stuff because he introduced most of the X Men lore. In he created the Shi'ar, he created the Brood. I mean, he created the Brood by watching Alien. And mm-hmm. going, man, it's, that's yeah, really cool. Obvious. That's really cool. Let's put those he didn't guys. Take them from the Zerg. <laughs> yeah, he, all, all this, all this, all this Tolkien stuff is ripped off from D anD. D. But this is it's all coming, and we got summers. The summer stuff in here. Vulcan is getting some. Oh, poor Vulcan, poor overlooked, forgotten, terrible Vulcan. He's largely a terrible character, but I have faith in Hickman to like give him something, you know. Scott and Havoc, Scott and and uh, and uh, what's his face Havoc. Well, I can't remember Havoc's real name. What's Havoc's real name, Eric? He's the Summers boy. I know. I I don't remember. I don't remember either. I've never read. I've never read a comic where Havoc was really that important. We read we read a couple issues of the Uncanny Avengers that he's in. Just because he's in it doesn't mean he's important. He was relatively important. He gave that terrible speech that made everyone angry about right. racism and mutants are the same. 
uh, or something. I don't remember. Perfect. So it sounds, sounds great. It was, it wasn't great. Um, I was, I'm going to say like, I'm, I think it's been struck from my memory for a reason. Okay. Havoc's fine when he's not that. I think again, I I don't, I don't mind. I don't have too many negative opinions about Havoc. But this is, uh, a lot of, Hey, you X, X X-Men have, uh, an egg. They mm-hmm. should they should not have that egg, and that's, now that's, a lot of bad stuff's cl- gonna happen. Classic MacGuffin writing. <laughs> Don't take a brood egg; it's a bad idea. Don't do that, especially <laughs> oh, this special God. king egg, whatever it is. I was just gonna say before we started recording, I had something to say, and that thing is, I like Gladiator and I like Kid Gladiator. I like them both. Mm-hmm. Big fan. I that's what I was thinking. When I was reading this, is Robbie's going to say that he likes Gladiator? I like Gladiator. Uh, yeah, he's. I think my my love of Gladiator was birthed from the X Men animated series uh, when he, I think, punted Juggernaut a couple <laughs> mi- like a couple miles. I think it was like Juggernaut okay, was that like, is that is pretty good. Juggernaut was just like hey, I'm the Juggernaut, and Gladiator's like, all right, bye, and he just kicks him, and Gladiator, mm-hmm. Juggernaut flies away into the distance, like he just disappears, like a little twinkle, and everyone's like, oh, I guess we don't mess with Gladiator. <laughs> he's on he's a different he's these cosmic guys they're on a different level they don't they're not down they're not earth they're not earth power guys you know maybe like a couple guys on earth can handle gladiator maybe the hulk it's the same it's the same scale with dragon ball i know i know the drill yeah exactly uh i don't know it's fun i just i'm i like we are reading these simply because i like enjoy talking about every new issue with you uh it's almost given that i'm gonna say bye it looks great the storytelling yeah. is great. I'm invested. It is. This is the fulcrum point upon which all the other X books are kind of balancing on, going back and forth. I'm a buy. I think having even even having to have so much of this explained to me, I still manage to enjoy it uh, because the, the the central plot ticket is very understandable. It's like I like that it's such a stupid story. Uh, just because I I can understand it and I can piece in enough of this shit going forward. It is an awful lot. If 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 Robbie's ramble sounded like an awful lot to you, then it it, it is, this is a lot. <laughs> I, yeah. I I I feel uh, I feel like I'm really doing a lot of catch up on this. This is um, a lot of the world that I'm not used to, but it doesn't mean I don't enjoy it. We need to it's well good. we need to we need to read. Basically, the entirety of Dan Abnett, Andy Lanning's cosmic space stuff they did in the early 2000s. Do you, do you see what you're saying, though? This is what's wrong. with This is literally what's wrong with comics. <laughs> I mean, it's really good. It's not that you like it's not oh, like it's, yeah. it's not studying. It's not studying. It is really it's good. not homework. Yes. No, it's not homework. It is. It's really good comic books. Um, it's why I love Nova. They made me love Nova, the original Nova. Richard, Richard Ryder. They they made me love him when I didn't care about him at all until I read those books. Let's double by X-Men number eight. Our next book is Outlawed, number one, written by Eve Ewing, Art Kim Jacinto, Colors Espen Grinchern, Letters Clayton Cowles. Hey, Eric. Okay, what's up? Hey, I got I got a question for you. You ready? Sure. Okay. So, what if... The government banned superheroes. You know, that's really a thoughtful idea. I don't think it's ever been done 
in superhero fiction. I don't think it's I don't I don't think it's ever been done like dozens of times over and over wait, again. But wait, 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 wait. I know you're going to say like, well, I read a comic book that did that once. Well, I'm going to say this time. What mm-hmm. if teenagers, no teenage superheroes, banned, outlawed, babies, outlawed. So you don't get that reference. I don't get that reference. I'm sorry. It's it's from your favorite Go Ninja movie. <laughs> Which one is that? It, it, that that's the that's what Shredder said in Secret of the Ooze. Oh no! He said he said dear babies. Um, I this is what this is this is Watchmen. I mean, it came it came true. Watchmen babies, V for va- vacation. <laughs> this is it. It's here. I really like most of these characters. This is this is it's easy to dunk on this, but I I I don't know. I really like most of these characters. I think mm-hmm. this book looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love the. I think it looks good. I I don't particularly care for this. The, it's who is this artist? I don't I don't like this kind of uh, the inheritance of um uh fucking uh, Ramos. You know, yeah, I, I, I think it's mostly I really just like the action scenes. They mm-hmm. are really good. Um, they there's, ha- there's a there's a lot of there's strong stuff in here. That's what I was going to say that I, I can dunk on this all day long. And I think it it has its problems. It's not 100 percent perfect. But I think by and large, it's 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 passable. It's readable. You know, it is the same fucking story that's been done all the way from Watchmen to the Incredibles to um Civil War. Mhm. Civil Oh, c- c- wait, 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 wait. Civil War? I've heard of that one. Yeah. Little comic, not very but not very popular. Mhm. Not well known. Not well known at all. Really obscure. Yeah. It, I don't know. I like there's this part of me that's very interested in Kamala being like the face of this, yes of of this of this movement to not outlaw teen superheroes. How do they know they're teenagers? Can I ask that? It's a good enough question because, like you know, like like Miles, I I don't know. People are certain... some some adults are just tiny. Yeah, like, yeah. It they look younger than they are. I believe that was the the whole thing about Spider Man is he was a you know sixteen seventeen year old, but people just assumed he was an adult because he wore a costume over his whole body. But I mean, I guess that like I don't know the the whole branding is it's like if people are not going to assume you're in the Teen Titans if you're thirty three. I I just it's just so weird to me that the that like oh they're teenagers so we can't trust them. I'm like well. Mm-hmm. What, it does. What it happens does when, have, when it, like, if they're nineteen? Does that change anything? It does have this kind of like Greta Thunberg, yeah. There's, um, there's some of that sort there. of spin yeah. to it, and that that I like. That's the that's the kind of um, flavor that this has. You have a lot of. Well, I mean, I'm not gonna defend Gen Z. I think a lot of them are assholes, having been harassed by a lot of them online um for for taking the bold stance that racism is bad but um you monster i know i'm a 
I'm a really bad person that I think that racism is, is in general, really, really, really bad. Maybe not even in general. Maybe I'll be that guy. I'll be bold and just say that it's pretty much always bad. I, God, I, why do I talk like this? Pretty much always. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> I can make, I can make absolute statements. Fuck. Okay. Um, this comic book, Greta Thunberg. Mm-hmm. The the whole idea that we have generations of people infantilizing people that are saying, hey, we should do stuff about all these problems. And they do it for our age bracket and they do it for Greta's age bracket. Greta is, you know, Gen Z. I, I find it very frustrating that this is in the discourse, you know, millennials that are almost 40 years old are being treated like fucking children for saying, hey, the economy's really fucked up for us and we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't be pumping all this carbon into the atmosphere. You know, maybe we shouldn't be killing all these animals, all these things. And I'm like, oh, you just want to take some selfies. It's it it's got a little bit of that sort of taste to it. And that I appreciate. I think that makes the reheated watchman civil war tropes um more palatable a bit more yeah palatable was the word that i was gonna i was gonna pull out of the air pull off of the word shelf are you by i i think yeah i think this is good i think i can recommend it it is way too much and it's got its 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 problems like i don't particular i don't know it it, it starts out with one pace and then immediately it's like blah Here's all this stuff where there's a dragon and blah. And it's just, it just feels weird and uneven. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it is good. Okay. I'm. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Okay. I think, I think I'm with you. It's, it is a, a, it is a little weirdly paced. And I think it is a little too wordy at times. A little too. Yeah. Way too wordy. And I don't want to say too much stuff happening because I do like density, but I think a bunch of words, a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing. I'm not a fan. Yeah, I think it should have just I it, it I I I kind of want more more like I these comic these characters are established now. None of these characters are new. Like I'm sure some people haven't read Ironheart or whatever. Like they haven't read all these comics. You have to just at a certain point assume that we know who these characters are. Or at least say, hey, this is their name. You can figure out the rest as you go along. This is a shared universe. You Not every comic book has to be responsible to introducing a bunch of character traits about all these characters. You know, Miss Marvel's existed for, what, six years now and had hundreds of comics she's been in. You can, she can just be her. Miles can just be him. Even Riri, she can just be her. Like, you just let them exist and assume we know everything about them. Um. But I'm still by. I think the, I really like the art. I don't mind that. I don't like that. You know, I you mentioned the Ramos thing. I totally, I totally see it. Uh, but it doesn't bother me as much in this. It's, maybe it's just because the 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 uh, figures themselves aren't as mm-hmm. exaggerated. Unless you get to, until you get the action scenes, and that's where I like it. I like it when it's really absurd, kind of. I mean, and I'm. I mean, honestly, I'm coming around to to liking Ramos, my own self. Um, we all have problems, you know. I, I yeah. all all those Elvis fans can't be wrong. 
Uh huh. It's a Bubba Hotep situation. I God, deep cut, deep it's a, cut. It's for the for long time listeners. You mean me? <laughs> yeah. There's maybe one or two. I would maybe, you know, you can't, you can't, out, you can't, maybe, maybe there's one or two, know it. Wherever out there, one or two people know the Bubba Hotep situation. Uh, that's a double buy, Outlaw number one. Next up is Wicked Things, number one, created and written by John Allison, art by Max Saren, colors Whitney Coger, letters Jim Gamble. This is a, well, Giant Days is officially over. That I did not know, but I'm not. I mean, it ran for like 60 issues. I, they were very, yeah. ha- they were happy that it, they, it, like, it ran to its completion. It, they finished the story. I never knew that it had like completion. I just thought it was just all a lot of dicking around. I mean, which I was fine with. I liked that about John Allison. I, I mean, comics. that's that's what they're saying. I think he just he. I think he just went like, oh, it's this is a good spot to stop. Uh, this is a spinoff of that. You know, um, a, a a recently turned 18 girl detective now mm-hmm. woman detective adult detective the very competitive world of adult detecting apparently i mean it's really not too hard to detect adults unless you're in a uh unless you're in the the outlawed comic then who knows they don't know yeah um murder mystery mm-hmm. intrigue mm-hmm it's good. I like it. Like I don't know. It's not to. It's it's. Yeah. A, this is. I mean, John John Allison writes good stories. This is not the same artist that did the. Uh, I don't even remember what it was called. It was a John Allison comic that I remember. Whitney Coger was also the colorist, but I do not remember the. Uh, I don't remember the artist. It was similar to this. It had that very lively. Uh, like good energetic lines, sort of cartooning style. I love this. This is great. Um, I like how it it manages to to like really play in fun ways on those those mystery story tropes, mm-hmm. and like all the characters are, you know, they have this weird like Sam Spade, Miss Marple. Um, Hercule Poirot bullshit going on. I just Nancy Drew. I don't know. I love it. It's it's dorky, and the character designs are super on point. I just absolutely adore this comic book, and had no idea what to think of it. It's just just absolutely pushes all my buttons. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. It's 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 funny. It's it, you know it's 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 despite the fact that it is definitely higher stakes than uh, Giant Days, where you know there's a murder in this comic book. <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. it's you know it's it's more serious. People are getting arrested for murder. Uh, it still has a light and fun uh, tone. It has all these yeah very the the very fun murder mystery kind of tropes remixed and mixed around with all these uh various other detectives who are all you know tricky um you should definitely see knives out eric if you like this (laughs) you're gonna love knives out Uh, i'm sure benoit blanc he's an he daniel cry's character in this would belong directly into this comic um 
I don't know. It looks great. It makes me want to read more. I don't know. Bye. That's yeah. no, it's absolutely tremendous, and I love it. I, I just want more. Lissa Tremaine is the uh, the artist that I was thinking of for okay. what we read, um, and I think that there's similarities there to the style. Um, both absolutely beautiful cartooning that is it, it, it's the kind of cartooning that I like. It's really tremendous. Uh, it's a double buy on Wicked Things number one. Next up is X-Ray Robot number one. Story and art by Michael Allred. Colors by Laura Allred. Letters by Nate Pikos of Blambot. I I just looked at the, the cover and was like, <clears throat> oh, it's an Allred story. All right. Let's mm-hmm. let's see what the hell, what weird thing's going to happen in this comic book. Boy, howdy. Oh, some weird stuff happened in it. There's like a there's a robot traveling through space and time and another guy who's in it. And then there's like, you know, a bunch of weird super science happening. <laughs> they got yeah, some, none of it. None of it makes any fucking sense. They it's got crazy. Some, they got some speed suits on. <laughs> they do. They have their speed suits. It's important. It's a lot of a lot, a lot of Venture Brothers talk this time. <laughs> there is. We're doing a lot of Venture Brothers today. I feel I feel like we're were we recording when I called you. When I no. called you Hank Venture. No, you did not. We were not recording when you called me <laughs> Hank Venture. Uh, in, in, instead of a hospice nurse, Robbie wanted to be Batman. Yeah. Well, I so mean. So I called him Hank Venture. It's appropriate, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what's happening necessarily. Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it's, No, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't make any goddamn sense. It doesn't. It, who cares? Like, I don't care at this point. No, like, whatever. It, no, yeah. Like, it just let's just let all red and his team just do whatever crazy dumb shit they want like for real like you could have jedorowski come in and write a, a comic for for all red and i would love it in the same way that i'll i'll read anything that jedorowski writes because he gets people of this caliber to draw it and it can just be batshit crazy and fun and i don't know but absolutely insane comics that are drawn lushly and beautifully are one of my favorite genres i think uh, i'll i'm i'm here for this stupid incomprehensible crap max yeah there's we now we have a, a super scientist who is now you know also is himself and also in a robot that has traveled 277 years into the future and returned and knows the world's gonna end the robot grows lips. Mm, sure. I mean, you know, and a nose. 277 years can do a lot. And it has a brain. So, you know, things mm-hmm. happen. It's, I don't know, but like, whatever. What all Eric said, this books looks great. It has a bunch of, you know, weirdo, crazy characters in it. There's a robot that grows a face and it has a brain. Uh, the preview art for it looks appropriately insane as well, where they're yep. fighting Red Skeletor. I guess. I think it's just Crypt Keeper Satan. Crypt Keeper Satan, also good. I'm a buy. Mm-hmm. Buy this comic book. It's good. Yeah. That's double buy. Well, the 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 Japanese doctor is named after Osama Tetsuka. I won't. I don't believe it. Who would have thought? Not me. What a what a batshit crazy comic <laughs> this is. That's a double buy. X-ray robot number one. Our last book uh, for this episode is Decorum. 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 That's how you say that word. Decorum. Number one. Decorum, bud. Decorum. Number one. I said it right. I got it. Eventually. It's it's pronounced heretic. Heretic. Decorum. Mm-hmm. Number one. 
Written by Jonathan Hickman, art Mike Huddleston, letters Russ Wooten, with Sasha E. Head on design. Hey, another Jonathan Hickman comic book with a lot of a bunch of diagrams and Mm -hmm. info dumps. Yep. Let me ask you this. Is it batshit crazy? At times, yeah. I I think it's pretty fucking batshit crazy. Yeah. I, I felt like that was a layup. It's batshit crazy. I mean, some of it is very easy. Like some, like some, some of it's just like simple. Like, oh, this is an assassin, and she's going to kill this person. Okay, but there's also long stretches of this where robots are fighting. Like, like mm-hmm. native native people who have laser staves riding dinosaurs. I just it was magic. I don't know. Is it magic? I don't know. Might, who knows? Who kn- I don't know what it is. Whatever yeah. it is, they're firing lasers at each other. There's red and blue lasers, right? We got red and blue mm-hmm. lasers. Dinosaurs, ro- flying robot spaceships. Con- robot conquistadors. Robot conquistadors. We got these these other, like, these black obelisk obsidian crazy. Yeah, as fuck. They look, l- like, they, they look like starmen from Earthbound. I love them. They are amazing. Oh, yeah. They're the best. I mean, don't you love starmen from Earthbound? I do. So maybe there is a, a a trend there, but there's a lot of this is again Hickman indulging in world building and a lot of craziness happening. And then there's but then there's also like ground level, like, hey, this is a courier. They need to get a thing to hear. And they do that. And it turns out it's just like a it's just like a I don't know. There's lots of it the art goes from black and white there's to color to 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 both to mm-hmm. b- blending style and i don't know you can explain it better than i can eric but it's really i don't know it's what, really i don't striking. know what story i don't know what story they're trying to tell me with the the shift of color mm-hmm. um i mean i could i could really sit down and think about this and give a uh, a, a long strip panel naked like sort of thought on it i think it's i mean i'm really curious what their thought process is it's definitely very beautiful very interesting i mean i i say it's very good but i was kind of not very invested until it got to the story at the end oh i i was i don't yeah i like... was i i think the hook got me but like i didn't I could have put this down and not cared when we got to this story at this. The, I mean, I, I assume the core of the story where it says chapter two and they are real named characters in a world. Then I was very invested. I'm like, OK, this is batshit nuts. And but like, I'm going to have enough of a story here that I can parse. And I think that it's going to be good. I don't know if it's going to be told in this back and forth or if we're just getting a lot of a a lot of exposition and world building and now this is the core of the story it looks like it's going to be like you know almost saga like with just weird layers of richness and just crazy crazy worlds and crazy world building i mean that's my it's one it's hickman Mm-hmm. He's, I think, basically an image now. He's just doing oversized issues. Like this is, mm. this is forty nine pages. Like yeah. that's what he was doing in Black Monday Murders. Like I, I'm pretty sure now that anything that is not coming from were they all, all double sized. Yeah, 
Black Monday murders okay. were all big. I didn't. I didn't remember. I didn't remember if they were all double sized or not. I remember they had all of the info dumps and all the weird designed pages and all that shit. Yeah, Hickman loves it. And really, I mean, uh, we've we've seen his origin story. Yes, and I think that's you know I I fully expect this to thing to. I, I when you have an, his name on it, you get to a certain. I you know you have a certain level of trust in that the things he's showing you will pay off that the things he's using even with the art are meaningful in some way and that that, that yeah. these are choices not just random crap at the thrown at the wall like oh wouldn't it be cool if half of the dinosaurs and the space alien like half of that fight was not colored wouldn't that be awesome or maybe it's just like well actually that's meant to show this aspect of this universe that maybe we don't even really know yet um but you know the 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 assassin the courier i yeah they are they are uh, presumably the characters we're going to follow i think that first chapter is just introducing us to those villains to those weird terrible earth starman earthbound starman aliens but decorum is like i think the, the title of the comic book is you know referencing the assassin character who is very polite and very very heavy on her extensive diction and protocol um and manners so to speak so those are the characters we're gonna follow yeah i think this is gonna be this is gonna be spanning a lot a lot of different places like you just like looking at all these diagrams and stuff there's so many worlds and so much lore and just throws you in the deep end Mm-hmm. swim but i'm a buy like i don't like yeah yeah i'm, I'm on is, it this is a good comic book i enjoyed reading it when in doubt make it weird <laughs> uh it's a double buy decorum number one it's our last book can move on to our next segment it's time for checking in checking in this part show eric and i talk about what we've been up to for the past couple weeks what we've seen, played, read, done. Um, I'm I'm not doing a, not going out a lot of places. Oh, can't imagine why. <laughs> well, hasn't stopped some people. No, it's true. They they literally had to close the beaches uh, here in in the Tampa Bay area uh, because people would not stop going to them. I mean, obviously, it was a lot of tourists and ding-dongs, but there are local people here that were like, show me your beach pics. And it's just like, you're, you're like, a, like a very prominent local artist posted that. And a bunch of people were like, yay, this is fun. And I said, you shouldn't be doing this. And this is irresponsible of you. And a bunch of people uh, dunked on me and we're, we're, we're like, you need to calm down. I'm like, you need to. You need to maybe not be calm. (laughs) Well, we should all be fucking calm. It's like like I'm saying, there's a spectrum. On one side is going to the beach and licking doorknobs. The Mm. other side is buying all the toilet paper. And I I think we can can be in the middle of that. Well, I mean, I mean, be when you I I can't I I'm I'm off Facebook now. Goodbye. Uh, so, because I was just, I, this... are you telling me you don't like seeing daily conspiracy theories? No, I don't. Uh, 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 about driving uh, me no. fucking bananas. 
Um, I don't know who is sending you all this stuff. I have like a thousand Facebook friends, a thousand plus, and I only see one or two people. Maybe are you are you only friends with people you were in high school with? Is that what no, it is? No, I mean it was the last remnants of that, and it's just like, well, yeah, goodbye. Like, what am I getting out of this? There's nothing. I'm not. No, I, I, I get that. But they did. They did try and cancel your show. I'm surprised that it, n- it never brought it back because there was like a whole wave of Facebook spam detection just going batshit. I it was and, two weeks and there's no last time it took six days for them to reinstate it. Yes, and this time and now it's, it did it again and I imagine it'll just do it again at a later like over and yeah. over and over again. At a certain point, you're like, well, and it it and my personal life driving me absolutely bonkers. Um, so. I haven't been going anywhere, Eric, but I have been playing video games at home. Mm-hmm. So I how I know you've been playing Animal Crossing. Yep. We I mean you can verify. We we played it together. Uh, but I will talk about another video game and then we can talk about Animal Crossing together. How's that sound? So you got Doom Eternal, right? I, I did not get Doom Eternal yet, no. Really, really disappointed in you. I want to vicariously. I'm. I really want to play Doom Eternal really bad, and it's probably not in the cards for a while. I'm gonna wait on it. Uh, it's not best to, you know, in a time of uncertainty, maybe not spend the another sixty dollars on top of the Animal Crossing sixty dollars. Correct. I, I, I think one or the other at this point is probably wise for all of us. Uh, I, but I got. Ori and the Will of the Wisps is a game I played and and beat, finished uh, before Animal Crossing came out. Uh, it came out the week prior. It is on every platform, I think, but it is, except for PlayStation, might not be on PlayStation, but it is on everything else. It's on computer and Xbox, maybe on Switch? I don't know. Uh, it probably won't run on a Switch, honestly, because it barely runs on my computer. Uh, wow. It, it I got it through the Xbox Game Pass on PC. If you have Xbox Game Pass for your Xbox or PC, you can play it. It is a sequel to Ori and the Blind Forest. Uh, it is better in every way than the first game. They've uh, they've they've definitely note they've they've definitely done their work in the intervening time since the last game, which I came thinking about five years ago. They've certainly played Hollow Knight. I can tell you that because they definitely <laughs> took a lot from Hollow Knight and put it in there. Which no complaints. Hollow Knight's a great game. They and they also took away some of the frustrating parts of Hollow Knight and added it, you know, and, and took the good stuff out and put it into this game. It is still Metroidvania. You still play this cute little forest spirit trying to help your forest friends. Uh, it's beautiful, like one of those beautiful video games I've ever played. Just the art style, the music, just gorgeous. Just from top to bottom. Every ounce of this game is hand-drawn, gorgeous, beautiful animation. Um, It's also extraordinarily sad. Uh, It made me want to cry. That's that's really what we need now. It's like, uh, it is, it's very, it's a very Pixar movie feeling, I think. It's very, that... That's what I got from it. It's very like sad and beautiful at the same time. Someone, someone's dad's gonna die in this movie. Pixar. And I don't. I I recommend it. It's great. It's it, it's not a long game. It only took me maybe ten hours to beat. Um, hmm. it's thirty dollars. I think. Um, 
but it is uh, if you like metroidvanias it's it can i don't know a lot of people i heard people are talking about how hard it is i guess i'm you know as there are certainly pretty good at video games but you play a lot of video games it's certainly difficult at times but it is not like you know i played through celeste I beat the A and the B level, the B sides. Then the C sides is where I stopped in Celeste because it's so hard. It's, you know, it, it is not as hard as the hardest of Super Meat Boy or the hardest of Celeste platforming. There's certainly, near the end, it can get very frustrating with a couple segments. But luckily, well, you can just kind of build up your health to a point where you can just bounce off all the spikes and it won't, you can just keep going. <laughs> it doesn't really. Which, you know, you can just kind of, like, brute force your way through it. I think they intend you to kind of do that um, at a certain point. Because it's it, the, the, the last the last level in, in particular. Rough. It can be rough. Um, but most of it, they give you the tools and they really get a good job of tutorializing them. But here, use this to get through here. Um, lots of – the traversal itself is fun. And I think it's very important for a game like this, where you're moving, you're going around the levels, moving around a lot. You want the movement just to be fun in and of itself. I wholeheartedly recommend it, especially fans of Metroidvania. If you like the first Ori, you'll love this one. It's great. Uh, very different th- than Animal Crossing New Horizons, though, Eric. I believe I'm familiar with that one. You're more, you're, 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 you're dipping your toes in the Animal Crossing. How does it feel? Um, it's a strange little simple game. Um, and it does seem like it's that kind of art that's more about giving you a sort of feeling, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit like a Ghibli movie that it's, it's, it's point is to give you a feeling of just sort of laying around and being lazy and, and, you know, life is easy and good. It's just in its good escapism. And I think that God, um, I think could not have been better timed with uh, with the world. It's um, it's been interesting. I, I get a little bored with it after playing in a while because it there's yeah. kind of I don't know. There's the, the, certainly the first couple of days because it's on a, a day and night cycle in sync with real time. Mm hmm. That that like you have to wait for some stuff, and that you know there's a point where like I want to play more, but what am I gonna do? I'm like I'm you go fishing basically out of stuff that I can do. You go fishing. You know, I I, I was at a point where I had I had broke my fishing pole and couldn't craft another one. I mean, you had shake wait. you shake trees until you get more branches. I get that, and I get you... tired of that shit. It's the same thing. I don't know. It's fine. You know, it, it wants you. To slow down. Mm-hmm. It's I, it's a very no. aggressively Nintendo game. It's aggressively mm. Nintendo in that it wants you to wait. It doesn't want you to play like yeah it, it yeah. There's you run out of things to do aside unless you want to just want to fish, which I love fishing. I will go and just I love this. I, can't I love stand it. really. I just love I, it. Yeah, it's so much fun. I was literally you... last night. I laid for three hours. And it was the it was raining on it just it, it rained on my island for like all night. Uh, so you, you do you have a, a Pacific Northwest island, and I I'm not even sure where where there's an island like the one that's mine. It's got the, the, those kind of trees. They don't look like island trees to me. So, but I literally just, it was raining. I just ran up around all the way up and around my coasts 
for three mm-hmm. hours and just fished and fished and fished, fished. I, I caught a couple of the super big colacanths, which are the most valuable fish. Caught a couple of them. Coelacanth? Coelacanth, is that how you pronounce that? Yes, coelacanth, if it's the kind of fish that I'm thinking of. It's I know like, coelacanth is a fish. It's a prehistoric fish yeah, that's that is the, that's the one. mysteriously still alive. That is what you catch. You, I've caught yes. two of them, so goodbye forever. <laughs> I, 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 I've eliminated the last of them. They're gone forever now. You're welcome. Good. Good for you. I sold them at the shop <laughs> for bells. Mm-hmm. You're the problem, Robbie. I am part of the problem. But I mean, yeah, it does want it, it. It locks things behind its gates. Like you can't. You, know, you have to upgrade the museum. It takes a couple days to upgrade a museum, so you have to wait you have for to it to unlock that community center. You have to unlock the community center. There's yeah, certainly Stardew has. They share a lot of DNA. Stardew. Did I, you like the fishing in Stardew? I found it. I find fishing in most games really boring, and I don't like doing it. I don't like the. I found the fishing in Stardew okay. Uh, I think the fishing in Animal Crossing is more satisfying to me. It's it's less obnoxious. I I love it. I love the fishing. I could do it all day, literally. Clearly, I, I just it's Clearly just it's, you're a fucking pro at it. It's my favorite thing. Um, but you know, you slowly build up, and eventually, after like a week, um, everything is basically unlocked, and then you just be a villager. You you know, you have your little chores. You you talk to your neighbors. You go visit other islands if you want to. Like there's, there's this game has way more. Um, that's the thing. I, I, I mean, I really like. I love New Horizons. I don't want to hear my official review. New Horizons, Animal Crossing, New Horizons is great. I love mm. it. It's my favorite Animal Crossing game already. Uh, they definitely improved the quality of life stuff from a lot of previous titles in the series. It still has a lot of frustrating stuff in there, all by design. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's all intentional. It's, most of it feels pretty pointed. Yeah, it's all intentionally slow. Um, you know, I, I guess I've also, because I've been playing The Longing still, off and on, over the past couple of weeks, after you play The Longing for a while, this game feels like it is The Flash. Because The Longing is glacial. You're like walking from one end of this giant you know, underground kingdom to the other and it takes literally an hour and this game you're like oh I've, I'm, i crossed my island it took five minutes i feel i'm good i'm so my character is just nice clip good pace but uh you know just it's aggressively pleasant that's what i'm i don't know yeah. I, I like catching bugs i like fishing i like digging up stuff i like rearranging my house i like all that stuff I can't, I just don't get tired of it. And now, I mean, my here's my complaint. Big complaint. Doesn't matter. They won't listen. They're not going to change. They don't, they hate us. Nintendo hates us, Eric. They're not going to change this. But there's no, this, and this is all holdover from old systems. It's nothing to do with the Switch. And or they don't, I don't, I can't fathom how they couldn't know how to do this. They just choose not to. But if you, you you're limited to a single island per system. So me and Kim, we both love Animal Crossing. She's playing right now. <laughs> she's playing since we woke up, she's been playing. And I don't blame her because I I would I'm gonna be doing it later. Um we have a single island. We share the island. We both live on our on our own islands, right? You saw her house. You saw both her houses when you visited. Um there's no choice to have different islands on the same system. We have to have the same island. If we wanted different islands, which we do, we want our own islands. 
because then we could visit each other's islands and have more stuff. You have to buy an entire new Switch. And it seems a little insane that I have to buy an entire new video game system and a second copy of the game just so my wife or me, we can have separate islands. Like, why? Why, Nintendo? What are you doing? We are not, we are, I don't have any children. I don't care about safeguarding my kids and having, making sure they have their own islands or they're on my island so that they can play on my island. I don't care. I want my own island. My wife wants her own island. Why do I got to buy another Switch to make this happen? I know you're listening. It's because Nintendo actually makes money off of uh, uh, hardware sales. (sighs) Bastards. Making these aggressively great video games that I love, making me do stupid things for them. It's time to it's time to start making videos and complaining about everything in a Jim Sterling voice. I mean, they've been ever since that news came out, people have been complaining. It doesn't change anything. They don't care. They just mm-hmm. do it do it their way, which is back in like maybe like twenty years we'll get an Animal Crossing where you can make your own island. They'll be like, Look, we fixed it. Be like, Oh good. We're all dead. Thanks. It's a, it's a, it's not a bug, but it's a feature. I I know. It's all. It's, it's it just. It's it, it's probably their feature. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, I love Animal Crossing. Still, I don't care. I love the fishing. Oh, yeah. I love running around my little island. I love the trees. I love the bugs. I like how everything looks. The game's beautiful. It has a lot of features that it didn't have before. The, the 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 even the they even like there's even the jokes about Tom Nook being like a terrible landlord are funnier this time. Like they're very self-aware about the memes, I think at this point. And I appreciate that as well. Um, is there anything Eric, Eric here? Here's a baton. Mm-hmm. I'll pass it to you. I caught it. Okay. What else have you been up to? <sighs> turns out when you don't go outside or talk to people a lot, Mm-hmm. Um, you watch a lot of television. Okay. I felt like it was a good investment to reinstate my Netflix subscription. So I have, and I've watched a lot of high octane garbage, which I'm going to tell you about. Ooh. You can, you can be ashamed of me. Cool. So, so animal people, right? Animal um, people? Animal people. Yeah. People that are like, they're part people, they're part animal. Um, how do you feel about that? Like Island of Doctor Moreau? Like what are we talking about? Just, just gut instinct. How do you feel about that? I don't like it. (laughs) How do you feel about animal people doing it? No, no, thank you. (laughs) I'll pass. I'm sure. So I know it has its fans. Not myself. No thanks. I I I personally find the fate the 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 hate of uh, furries like really overblown like it's just a weird thing that people find it socially acceptable to 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 kink shame people it's it's strange to me I don't really care one way or the other but there is this show it is a Netflix original production it is called B Stars I think that it is quite good um furries also agree with me um it is like a japanese like high school um romance story like it's kind of equal parts um zootopia meets twilight even because there's they they kind of take 
the um the sexual tension in like sort of hunter prey and and it it becomes part of the story and the characters are very good and nuanced i liked it way the fuck more than i thought i was going to i basically watched the first episode as a joke but found all the characters very nuanced and compelling and there's there's some kind of plot threads that i did not care for there was a whole kidnapping plot kind of you know going towards the climax that i did not like um but in general like i thought that there pretty much every character was really interesting and very compelling and just weird and interesting in ways i was not expecting it to be what are your feelings on on all of that i no no i need to it's not probably good at eric you know how i say you sometimes talk about show and i go oh that's the list Mm -hmm. i don't think i'm gonna add that to the list it's very good it is it is very very good okay I believe they're, you. They're gonna, they're gonna, re- they're gonna make a season two of it eventually. The, it is, the deal has apparently not been secured, but I, it, it um, I think maybe it's been out since 2019. Um, I think maybe it only got an English release recently because I'm seeing fan art of it. It's a, it's a very neat, very in its own way sweet it's got its own problems that kind of stem from um the sort of weird cultural things that that rub us as americans wrong that are you know strange in japanese culture but it's it's good and it subverts a lot of a lot of things and it's just i really i've had a hard time not thinking about it um since i watched it like i may rewatch it and i think i'll be very excited to see season two and because this uh, because social distancing has turned me into a huge weeb i also watched all of samurai gourmet on uh, netflix which it it assumed it get it had like a 60 percent or something for recommendation for that which is weird because it's exactly shit that I love. Like it's, it's very similar to a show that's on there called Tokyo Diner. And it's like little vignettes and little stories. Tokyo Diner is based all around, um, or is it Midnight Diner? I can't remember. I'm getting the name wrong, but all the stories are based around this, this small Japanese style diner where the, the cook, he will like have, one dish and that the the there's like a story kind of based around that it's it's hard to explain but a big part of it is watching people eat you know in the same way that any kind of food porn is and samurai gourmet is the story of a recently retired uh salary man and it's based on a manga apparently i don't know how directly but his character he's very sort of shy and doesn't stand up for himself and he starts having these visions as he's eating or like some social situation uh sort of happens it, it, it's it's interesting because 
it does sort of show Japanese attitudes and things like that. It, it's it's interesting because a lot of a lot of his character and and his growth is about him kind of rejecting other people, putting social pressure on him, and sometimes it's about him like I don't know. It it, it seems to go both ways. But a lot of it seems to be about him, like trying to be a braver and stronger person through going to restaurants and eating food and hallucinating a samurai telling him how to be strong. <clears throat> it's fun, you know, and like his wife is just like the cutest, sweetest person that's ever lived. Can the, I ask the, the, the what's up? Is the samurai a positive role model? More or less, like okay. he's he looks a lot like Toshiro Mifune. Okay, do you know who that is? Y- yes, I know Toshiro Mifune. They, they directly reference Kurosawa. Okay, in in the show, like there's an episode where uh, he does like a, a job as an extra in a film okay. because he wants to eat the boxed lunch that they're providing for lunch, and one of the other extra actors says something about how Kurosawa like put an object in a trunk that was off screen in the shot, you know, because he, the, the, the focus on the details were that important to him. And I think it's to me as someone who finds Japanese culture, like very interesting. Like I find the things they choose to talk about just, just, just interesting from like a, culture shock standpoint i um you know like they're they're they make a point of being very respectful to the people that are cooking food and and there's very much like i'm trying to think like it's a, that undercurrent of like japanese perfectionism and like people are like kind of shamed for not doing their best and people are also like kind of like the given an attaboy for toughing out and doing the menial tough things that uh, basically society needs to to function you know i think they care about their garbage men more than 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 we do in america um it's a very interesting show i would i would i would recommend it as well it sounds interesting. That I will put that one on the list. Hey Eric. What's up, bud? What's you wanna talk about uh the future? Not really. Uh I have some bad news for you. <laughs> yep. I have some bad news about the future. I have some bad news about uh literally the future and us talking about the future. Because it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Both oh, both I, are happening. I, 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 I didn't say I was gonna stand in the way of progress. <laughs> we can move on to our final segment it's time for nerdboy book club nerdboy book club is the part of the show when eric and i assign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book in a book club except it's a comic book uh this week we are talking about the hard tomorrow by eleanor davis we read her why art last year enjoyed it a lot and this one is her newest. And it's about the future. Trying to plan for the future. Or it's more about not knowing what the future holds. Or it's about a lot of things, honestly. It's complicated. Mm. 
it's most it's sort of mostly about the future and the uh, and the precariousness of said future of any given future the precariousness of it what did you think eric i know you liked it you already told me you liked yeah. it yeah i think i'm i think i'm officially i'm officially a fan of um of of eleanor davis even though i mean the name eleanor like do you know that picture i can't remember it was one of the royals it was like their daughter and it was she's dressed in this precious little outfit like that's what an eleanor looks like to me i think i, I my my reference last time was it was a a character in a wes anderson movie but it's it's both of those things I feel like Eleanor is too precious a name for someone that makes such amazing gut wrenching art. Gut wrenching sets a different a different expectation. Gut gut wrenching is the I think a very good mm. concise way to describe this because it is heavy. I I I described it to you as heavy when I read it, and I think gut wrenching is better. Um. Because it is a, a very a, a very talented creator. I'm officially a huge fan. Yeah, I kind of want to go back and read her other stuff that I haven't read yet. But uh, I didn't really know what to. I like I'd read the you know the the blurb for it before we re- before we read it, and it was just kind of mm-hmm. like oh, it's about this couple and they're struggling and they want to have a kid and they don't know if they should. That's all it said. And I was like, okay, that sounds interesting. Uh, you know, it's the title itself gives away like the hard tomorrow. Like, what do we do about the tomorrow when our present is so tumultuous? Like we just said, and like we decided to read mm-hmm. this before the whole world shut down because of the coronavirus. And then it, this may, it makes it more prescient than it already was. And it was already very prescient because it's not like there wasn't crisis before the coronavirus, you know, decided to, you know, erupt. But I didn't expect, like, I was, I don't know, why art was very, it was very poignant, but it wasn't crushing. Mm. It it was, it was smart, and it was... I feel like it was very, it was very beautiful and emotional in much the same way. Um, I mean, I'm not feeling the same things, like, this is, this is definitely, you're supposed to feel like shock and the pain of loss and that sort of thing from the story. But I feel like, I don't know, her, her ability to, to create emotion through her storytelling is pretty unparalleled. It's, uh, it's remarkable. You definitely, you get inside, you get inside these characters, you know, you, you feel and identify all of them and you understand a piece of every one of them, you know, even, even the very small incidental characters, they're in, they injected with a lot of personality and, and you feel a person there and that's really quite tremendous. Yeah. It, it, it imbues, imbues all the characters with empathy. Like you, you sympathy for all the characters, even the ones mm-hmm. who are, unlikable at times like all the characters are unlikable times but i mean that's kind of the point you know you still feel for them like i immediately like the doomsday prepper guy i mean he's he, he's the kind of guy that i want to be i want to like slap him on the back and be like hey man it's 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 okay you know you don't 
Maybe you, maybe you don't need to shoot this girl mannequin in the pussy. I think it'll be fine. You can just you can just chill. You don't have to be this guy. I don't know how well he'd react. Did you, to know, that. Did you notice that about about uh, when he's on the gun range? I mean, I didn't I, see it until the second time I read. I mean, I noticed it was literally the entire mannequin was covered in bullet holes. So I they're they are concentrated in the face, titties, and pussy. Surprise, surprise. The... <laughs> yeah, like I think like that is a a really interesting, very very pointed detail that was put in to say something about his character. Yeah. Um, and that is my shit. That's so good. <laughs> and it's the other, the other thing I wasn't really expecting of this was it's not set. I don't know. I, it, it seems like it's set in a near future. Like, Z mm-hmm. I guess Zuckerberg is president now. Mark Zuckerberg is president. I I can't imagine. I mean, I can't imagine a worse president, but I can't imagine that would. I would. I, oh, oh God, it makes me sick to think about it. I mean, that's what this. I mean, the, the story is that he's been prepping yeah. for that. That's what he wants to do long term. He wants to mm-hmm. run for office, and he certainly has the money for it. Uh, even though God Bloomberg had all the money too, and he washed right out, so God knows what Z- Zuckerberg's going to do. But it's a, I guess, in the near future, before twenty thirty, because it hasn't been twenty thirty yet. So maybe it's just the next election. Maybe it's two elections away or whatever it is. Um, but you have this, like, it, you have this couple who are trying to have a baby and love each other clearly, or live in a like a little weird tent. In a car, they sleep in a in their in a truck, in a in their like little. I don't know where they are. Like they're in the woods. I don't know if yeah. they're you know in a park somewhere. Like in a, are they in a campground or are they just you know it's some random squatting on some unincorporated yeah. land somewhere probably. Yeah, yeah it's quite. That's possible. how that's how I imagine that they live like burners or something like that. Yeah, and like that's it. Like you see that you see everything through their eyes. Like you meet everyone through them, and it's you see like their their lives where she is the only one employed. She is a nurse uh, for you know people in hospice care. Older people can't take care of themselves, and he is like living kind of like he's unemployed, kind of dreaming of being a farmer of of selling plants and seeds, I guess, but currently I guess he just sells drugs uh, or sells weed. I, I, I should probably specify the difference, but um, it's really interesting seeing she, she also is very heavily involved in politics and in protests, movements and, mm. and, and uh, the group she's in reminds me of the, um, the dream defenders that uh, I, I got invited to, one of their meetings that also makes me think of um dykes to watch out for yeah 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 there's a lot of that in there where it's you know the it's all people of various oppressed minorities Mm -hmm. all joining together and trying to figure out what to do how to make the largest impact and this this is like even because it's so it's relatively short compressed um story where they're you know dice to watch out for is very 
long. You know, it's it's, it's it's twenty twenty plus years, thirty years. How many yeah. years was it? God, it started with Reagan, so it's 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 long. Yeah, and this is very much like it's it feels like a very like a, a capsule of of yeah. similar feelings where it's just like you know imagining a future where we're uh, fighting a fascist state, which you know isn't that hard to imagine. Um, and what what do two people do when they want to and they want to they want a kid? It really comes back to that in the long run. Mm. You know, it's very much like yeah, they they are they all have their their. You know, the, 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 it's mostly Hannah, I would say, you know, Hannah is most of the conflict, uh, because we only see, uh, Johnny, Johnny, we only see kind of dealing with his prepper friend mm-hmm. and at home, you know, kind he, we are seeing kind of his reactions to her because she's always going out and he's always worried about her because, you know, she doesn't come home sometimes or et cetera, et cetera. But it's really like when everything is so uncertain, why would, why should we want a kid? Should we have mm-hmm. a kid? Like there's, you know, she gets into, Hannah gets into a screening match with Gabby because, you know, Gabby's like, what the fuck are you doing? Why do you, what do you, why would you have a ch- a kid right now? You know, and, and then Hannah's like, well, what are we fighting for? If not for yeah. having a, making a place for the, a kid to, that could live and thrive in. And it it just feels so topical, feels so right now where you're like, it's so easy to kind of just crumple under dread and anxiety and fear. Like if you if you watch the news at all, it's just immediately just you're bombarded with terror and pessimism, nihilism even. And it's easy to feel like you should give up. Yeah. And, as well, and it, like, how do you face that? <laughs> I wish I knew. <laughs> exactly. I mean, but this book just beautifully reflects that fear we all have. I mean, I think it, that only some people use. I, I think I remember a time when I didn't care. And I wasn't worried about it at all. Maybe I was just young and stupid. I think being young and stupid, like it does a it does a lot to keep you going that being older and watch this watching the same problems get worse and not change any way for the better is really disheartening i mean i don't i myself don't have any kids my but my sister just gave you know she they have a 6 month old and you're, yeah, you're my 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 brother's daughter is 1 month older yeah and I I look at my beautiful niece and I want the world to be better for her. And it's very much this this war in I think that's going into a lot of people where you want to fight and you want to keep going, but you also you it's so hard to because it's not just mm-hmm. keeping up. It's not just keeping up like oh I need to survive, but I also need to somehow make the world a place where we all can survive. And everything that we're fighting is so much bigger than us. How do, what do I do? How do I help? You know, and, and I think, and the story really beautifully reflects that with the two characters because Hannah is super engaged. She is marching. You know, when they, some of their leaders of their group get arrested, they are immediately hitting the street that night 
marching towards the police station, which get, then gets broken up. And she fights a cop, which I, I would have probably run away, but I don't know. You, you get her perspective where she is fighting. She is striving for change. And she's also super compassionate and to her, to Phyllis, her, her elderly, uh, uh, care, care. What's the, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the right word, Eric, uh, for the person you're in charge of, um, ward. Well, she says client client. Yeah, that's good. I mean, so that's just her exact wording. Yeah. Um, so you see her being so compassionate and kind to this elderly lady, even though, uh, I, I find I you like you notice that bit about the gun sh- the the where the targets are where the mm-hmm. all the bullets got hit on that mannequin. It's a little bit of the dialogue early on where Johnny talks about their oh she's anti-Semitic isn't or wasn't yeah. she an, and she's like all my clients are anti-Semitic unless they're Jewish and yet she's still showing compassion to this old lady mm-hmm. and it's just I mean what do you do they're 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 withered old people she she barely knows who she's talking to true you know it's horrible <laughs> yeah and then at the same point you have johnny who is just kind of detached who even like they have a very beef discussion early on she's he, she's like are you you know he's like you i know you don't want me there he's like talking going to the meeting or to a protest like i know you don't want me there I'm not going to go. But I, even though I don't know if he actually wants to go or not, feels like he is he is the other side of the coin, the kind of the little nihilistic, little detached man of like, I just want to, you know, man, I just want to grow seeds. I just want to be peaceful and yeah. live off the land and not have to deal with all this. I'm a good person. I'm peaceful. I don't want to hurt anyone. And yet. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that his um, pacifism um killed his friend yeah yeah although i feel like i feel like if that if the doomsday prepper guy was really like if he was really a gun person he would be like oh shit don't shoot that in the air get let's get the hell out of here yeah that's the yeah i mean it's a very obvious thing but like i think that my suspension of belief can allow it because the the gut punch of the bullet coming back down and killing him I, th- I think the story is better with that in there. Yeah. For the, 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 the climax of them both sort of coming together um, and him not talking about uh, basically him killing his friend. I just I find it very, very interesting. It's a lot. It's hard. Yeah. And I think well, I mean, I think it works still works both ways with the fact that he doesn't run away is that maybe he just. He really he likes guns, but maybe he doesn't. He's not actually that, yeah, good with them. He's, like, not, he's not. He's not competent. He's not actually like a smart gun owner. He's yes. just like a guy who has a lot of guns. Yes, um, and I think you know. And I immediately like my brain immediately when he fired into the air. I'm like, get the, oh no. Yes. No. One hundred percent. I was still really surprised. Like I, I audibly gasped i i i made a noise when it hit him and he then he died i mean it's really I, effective <laughs> mm-hmm. it is it's it really, really is because at that point he's he's a he that the 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 prepper is tyler is his name um he is 
you know, he he is the hardest first impression because he immediately the first thing I think one of the first things he says after he arrives at, at uh, their little their their campsite, I guess, he's like, women are less efficient. You should just cut her loose or something mm. like something terrible. And you're like, I'm like, dude, what? You can't. That's not how you should judge people. <laughs> You shouldn't. That's not should be a, not a metric. Like, yeah. oh, they can't. They are less efficient with their the use of food. So why do we have them? I'm like, okay, all right, Tyler. Um, but then he's softer. Like when you the second time we meet him in his home, we see he literally has like a save the cat moment. He literally mm-hmm. has saved cats, and he's even and he's like he's more self aware. He yeah. he's 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 talking to Johnny. He's like, and he's like, you need to learn how to use this gun because you're gonna need to know. And he's like, but I don't. I'm peaceful, man. I don't want to shoot anyone. And then he says, and it's another line that stuck with me was, you need to know because someone like me is gonna force you. Someone mm-hmm. like me is gonna come for you. You uh, need to- no matter how much kale you grow, if you can't defend what's yours, someone like me is gonna come take it all away from you. Yeah. And it's just like that, you know, I am, I don't own a gun. I've fired a gun in my life because I grew up in rural Florida, but mm-hmm. I don't own a gun and I don't want to own a gun, but I've sure as hell thought about buying a gun. I live in Texas. Uh, it's not hard if I wanted to get one. Yeah. <laughs> Texas, not so, not, not so difficult to get a gun if I want, really wanted a gun, but it's that, it, it, like, I sh- it it's that terrifying thought. You're like, well, I know all the statistics about gun ownership. I know how unlikely I am to have to actually use it. But then there's the thought of like, well, what the, f- what if we really do have a civil war? What if we have some? Sh- what if we are driven to to? I don't think that's going to happen. But there's a part of your mind that isn't rational. There's part of your mind that goes, well, oh, you're you should be, be worried. You should be be scared. You need to be prepared. I think if you described the events of the past four or five years as someone in 2014 or 15, <laughs> they would think that you were writing fucking American fan fiction. Yeah, I know. Because none of it fucking make the, the, this, this shit's wild and unpredictable. Yeah. And I mean, I think that the hard tomorrow, that's what this like. This book is. It reminds me in a really weird way. It reminds me of Transmetropolitan because it reminds me. It just it feels right on top of things. Mm-hmm. It feels very much like well, nope. You're gonna. It's it's really hard. Like we read uh, Billionaire Island, which we also compared to Transmet, and that 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 comic was absurd. That the issue, yeah. And this is really down to earth, really really serious. Mm-hmm. But it just reminds me how thin that line is between that now it's super hard to write yeah satire because yeah how do you how do you satirize something so ridiculous so absurd like literally there's you know trump having a press conference and our the his the consult the doctor who's helping shape our pandemic response is face palming in the middle of the press conference over our ridiculous president saying the stupidest shit and you're just like oh that's that's par- like that if you if you put that like that would maybe exist in a Saturday Night Live skit, but if it was in serious fiction, you'd get laughed at. Like, what is this? This isn't mm-hmm. real. 
and this because this focuses just so much on these they're the kind of the the street level relationship between these two it grounds everything it grounds everything else that happens in the book um what do you think about the ending eric basically the time jump is what i'm you know everything from their yeah. their their fight to the to the end to the the baby i mean it's powerful and emotional and i don't know i i i come away i come away not really knowing how exactly to feel about it you know mm-hmm. um it leaves a lot in the air yeah and i think that's a big part of the way that she writes yeah and i i mean i appreciate that i like that i think it's it's kind of letting the letting the things land where they may it's uh i think it it definitely can be good to not spell everything out but there's still those those like the 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 thing that I just noticed just flipping through just now that the you know snows on the ground the house is built the the the, the house frame and nothing's changed mm-hmm. you know there's there's still you know, there's multiple time jumps I guess maybe by the time the baby got there they finished the house maybe I mean I hope so for them I mean that's I think that uncertainty is is something that we're dealing like that's the the that that uncertainty is so integral to the story of yeah we don't know we don't know we don't know what happened with tyler like did johnny just bury him in his compound and it looks like he just ran away completely yeah i know but like with the time jump did he ever go back yeah did he you know what what happened and we don't know you know, they, I would ass- I would assume he did nothing. I assume he didn't. He didn't. He never talked about it, and I, I assume he never took any action. Didn't Maybe go back. Just, didn't go back and feed the kitties. No, you saw him dumping all that food out. He was never coming back. It's. It's. I don't know that that section. I felt it was very affecting. He's just in a panic, throwing cat food everywhere and running away took a gun though yeah i guess he did but it's i mean they have that terrible terrible fight where they're not even articulating really they like they have they start a fight and then they just like are inarticulately like moaning and grunting because they're both so upset and they like half-heartedly hit each other yeah and they're also (laughs) laughing and crying at the same time like i can't like that is it's a re- like I feel like comics a lot of the time don't really capture that that kind of the over overflowing of emotion mm. where it's just so much it you're not you're not angry or you're you're not sad you're everything yeah. like you can't even express it and that's like they both are feeling it at that exact moment they're just overwhelmed and the and they you know they love each other, but they are also like incredibly frustrated with their situations and they don't know how to get out of it. And they, they have it really because what you said, like is the house built has, has she found a new client? Has Johnny found a different job? Has he found a job? Is he selling his seeds? We don't know. They have a baby though. We knew that. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe that is, it's part of the themes of this, you know, that kind of nothing else matters. That's what matters. Right, now, right then and there. 
they've that, uh, they've, sort of everything else is taken over and it's just three, four, two page spreads of baby. Just a beautiful, it's, it's the, the whole world has gone away. There's just the baby. Yeah. It's really, I, you know, the first time I read it, I was just like looking at it slowly, but then the next time I flip through it to make it like a flip book. Yeah. It's really, really intense. Uh, this art is, is her, I was, again, I also, you know, we, I've only read Y art, which is a lot looser than this. Simpler. Yeah. And this book is beautiful. Just it's very, very good. <laughs> it's very, very good. The, it is a, it's a very admirable thing, I think, to inject this much character and personality um, and beauty into something that's so simple. So, I mean, maybe it's deceptively simple. I don't, I don't know her process, obviously. It could be she draws these things multiple times until they're perfect, you know, just drawing pages and over and over and over again. But it, it has a deceptive quality to it that it's done very quickly and simply. Um, but the effectiveness of it is, I mean, it's right on point. It's, it's like, it's like box Brown artwork, but I would say with a little bit more realism injected in. And I think her capacity for like expressing emotion and her kind of her pages is, is greater than 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 him and almost anyone i can think of yeah the the it's really clean yeah it's it really knows how to frame the the frame the the panels so that it draws out the emotion like when it's trying to deliver sadness or anger or beauty it it knows she knows when to keep a keep a panel cleaner drop out detail versus adding in backgrounds or adding in detail to like when they're walking through a forest and there's a lot of miscellaneous, there's much, they're looking for mushrooms. So all we see is the forest. All we see are the mushrooms. And then yet when there's the, the page where Gabby is breaking down because she's in love with, with Hannah and she doesn't know what to do anymore about it. And there's this, it's the the I, page number ninety three, where the uh, Gabby's like, "I can't be friends with you anymore." And then the middle panel, the middle and the bottom panel, all the details on the sides are washed away. There's only mm -hmm. kind of them in the middle talking about. It's more not even them talking. It's just Gabby like saying, "I'm sorry." Have you um? Do you, do you follow contrapoints at all? I don't no I don't follow them. I you know I see them on I see them from time to time on my feed but they did uh their most recent video was about uh them kind of coming to grips with being a lesbian. Um and they were they were dating they were dating a man and and they were in they came to terms with the fact that they were in love with their their best friend. And they said, like, you know, I like I, I'm in love with you. And the friend was like, I know I don't want that. And it just absolutely crushed them. I I don't know. Gabby. 
Poor, I, poor girl. I I I love Gabby. Gabby is yeah, great. No, she's got a dead snake in her truck for whatever reason. I the, there's there's the the page where she fucking shoulder blocks the cop. Yeah, it's pretty badass. It's pretty awesome. And carries uh carries Hannah away. Mm-hmm. It's like that it reminded me of uh Dark Knight Returns. It just like this intensely strong person just like exerting their will. I'm like, no, fuck you, leave my friend alone. It's got it's even got a feel, I think, of those those panels, you know, that that um uh Frank Miller sort of action drawing. It's mm-hmm. it's got that it's got that sort of flavor to it. And just and it's just the starkness of this the cops all in black and they're merging with the backgrounds and kind of disappearing into the shadows. And all the you know, all the protesters, all the rioters are uh dressed like they're all in white. That's the stark difference between the two sides. I, I think it's funny how like the one black block kid or the two, I guess, that they kick over the the uh the newspaper stand and they say this is some liberal bullshit because god damn it anarchists <laughs> I don't know just the, it's just so heartbreaking it, it, and, but also beautiful it just it swings back and forth so efficiently and so effortlessly it seems at times like it can I, I also how she draws that one the the one page that's just Johnny holding the pistol where there's so much detail to that gun. Yeah. And yet most of the time, like they're just kind of like, kind of like simple pictures, six or simple drawings of the guns, you know, all that simplicity we talked about, but then you get to when Johnny's focusing on this pistol and suddenly it is hyper realistic. It is cross hatched on the handle and Mm -hmm. there's even more, there's more detail in the hands. Even it's, I mean, it, it's not, like certainly by the standards of this book it's yeah, it's what, yeah. noticeably different yeah and that you immediately like you feel a thing you feel you, the, know? you feel like the entire you feel like you feel like johnny feels you feel like oh i'm yeah. a man holding a gun for the first time in his life and you're like the weight of it you feel the weight mm-hmm. of that pistol yeah Maybe we should have read something happier. <laughs> yeah. We got to call a moratorium on uh, depressing, cathartic uh, artwork. We need to. Uh, well. Just just need to read dumb stories about aliens fucking. Well, don't worry. We'll get there, too. I mean, it's not. I had. I was just like, oh, this. I, I did not expect this to be as heavy as it was. Uh, or as, as gut-wrenching as it was. I know complaints, though. Because it's beautiful. It's fucking tremendous. It's great. And I don't know. It is. It's hard to read in this. It's like it's a fast read. It's deceptively. Yeah. It's deceptively fast. Um, Because there's a lot of scenes full of just action, you know, with no dialogue um, or with very simple dialogue. So you're not spending a lot of time on a page, but it is a book where you would probably should read it twice because it you find you see that details you know you see those 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 tiny aspects in the art you see how the page is constructed how good the storytelling is all of it it's just it's just top notch 
Uh, it makes me just want to go get the few other things that she's done that we haven't read. Read them too. Um, and I'm also glad that I have this in a physical copy because I can look at it on my shelf now. Hand it to people when I say when they ask if they was something they should read. I go here, read this. Heartily recommend the Hard Tomorrow. As long as you are, I would say, if you have the stomach for it, if you're feeling super depressed, maybe save it for mm. a, a nicer day. But there is it again. Ending is not necessarily bad. It's just right. I I, I feel like the tone of the book is ultimately hopeful. Right. It's kind of it's kind of hopeful in the face of hope being absolutely irrational for all of us at this time. So I don't know. I kind of like that. And you have to maybe that's. Yeah, my, I think that maybe we need that that completely irrational hope to keep our strength up. Yes. Well said. Uh, Hard Tomorrow, Eleanor Davis. Uh, you should go read it if you haven't. Uh, next time in their Bobo Club, we are going to be departing hard, hard away from the harsh realities of our current life into absurdity. Uh, we are going to be reading Money Shot. The first volume just came out. Uh, w- wacky science fiction sex comedy. Uh, I, we, I've, I, we've kind of missed it. When it came through, the first the issues came through, so I was just like, "Well, we'll wait until the trades out. Trades out. So let's read it. It'll be fun. Be nice. This will be a nice departure from serious stuff. Be nice and light and fun. And aliens, fucking like Eric said, it could be a late entrant, you know, belated fucky book of the year, twenty nineteen. Nothing, Eric. Not gonna. You know, it's the, the it's already on record. Okay, fair enough. Uh, that'll be next time. It's real long with us. That'll do it for us today. Um, we are the Hands of Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsboyscomicshour.com. Links to uh, everything there. Facebook, Twitter, our RSS. Um, if you like the show, please give it give it a good review on your podcast app of choice. Give it five stars. Subscribe. Tell your friends. All those things help us out. Help us find new listeners. We really appreciate it. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. My website is RobbieDorman.com. Includes links to everything I do including my other podcasts and my three horror novels available on Amazon or wherever you find, wherever you buy your books, you can get it there probably. And the newest novels underneath horror story of body horror that set in the, let's see, paranoid wasteland of the Antarctic for, for fans of the thing and the terror. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? You can see my portfolio at freewillunlimited.com and see many of the things I get up to online at ericzgoodnight.com. That includes Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, where I'm known on all services as EZGoodnight. Well, that, folks, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Wash your hands. (laughs) 